No mai haere mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel RNZ National. Now, due to predicted strong wind gusts, the Auckland Harbour Bridge will be operating with four lanes in each direction during this evening's peak travel period. Expect delays, take extra care, especially light-sided, light and high-sided vehicles. We will keep you up to date on that. So that's the Auckland Harbour Bridge uh, traffic alert there. Now, last night, a match that will be remembered in decades to come. One of the most extraordinary matches in New Zealand's sporting history. It happened yesterday. Were you there? We talked to one of the 40,000 plus punters. Also today, dental grants went from 300 bucks to $1,000 after 25 years. And people are getting their teeth fixed. Also on the panel, pulling a blanket over yourself, filling up the hottie because you can't afford heating in the daytime. Struggling pensioners not heating homes to save on power or going days without electricity. We talk about that. And put the air fryer back in the box and watch out food snobs. The microwave, it's back. When it arrived in the late 70s, a little bit of our social history was the microwave cooking class. Did you ever attend one of these microwave cooking classes learning to cook the microwave rice pudding? Text me, 2101, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me today, Moata Tamaira, writer and web content lead at Christchurch City Libraries. Moata, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. And Chris Finlayson, former Cabinet Minister, Attorney General. Chris, kia welcome to the panel. Thank you for inviting me back. It's a pleasure. Now, into the Friday mailbag, firstly, some message their condolences to families of those who died and who were injured in the shooting in the Auckland CBD yesterday. Um, Moata, I don't know if you would have been following this in Christchurch there. I became aware of it in the morning and... Just had that horrible sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach. Um, and I think probably a lot of Christchurch people felt yeah. that way because of, you know, what happened here. Um, and I actually had to stop looking at, the you know, like the live updates on the news websites and social media because it was starting to upset me a bit too much. So I just had to step away from it. Um, yeah, it's uh, nobody. Nobody wants to hear about this kind of thing happening, um, and it doesn't matter if it's in your city or somebody else's. It's um, yeah, it's, it, it does affect you. It's horrible. Chris Finlayson, what lingering questions do you have? For example, how the shooter got hold of the gun, or other questions. Oh, I think there are a number of questions that are going to need to be looked at. How was it that? If he was on home detention with the the ankle bracelet, he was able to work. But I, I, I don't know that it would be tasteful to deal with those issues this afternoon. I think we've got to uh, just soberly reflect on the tragedy that occurred yesterday. Mm. I just think of... I, I was ringing quite a number of my friends, because I actually do have some friends, and I was ringing them... Uh, who those who work in the HSBC tower and the Price Waterhouse tower to make sure they were okay, 
and many of them just couldn't get to work. And I have a particularly strong feeling for LT McGuinness and Co. They really are, you know, Brian McGuinness, the McGuinness brothers, run a great operation, hugely respected. Uh, initially from Wellington, now they've got a national reputation and they will be hurting very badly. They're just such nice people. And for an incident like this to happen uh, in a building that they were working on, I feel really sad for them. Mm, you're kind of both on that. Also, uh, we talked this week, didn't we, about the new youth le- offending laws, excuse me, Labour rolling out uh, a number of them, new criminal offence targeting, ram raiding, kids as young as 12 and 13 can be escalated to the youth court. And one guest we had on yesterday brought tears to the eyes of many listeners, former youth offender, was in uh, a youth offending unit, was in the system in the early mid-2000s, aged 13 to 17. So even at age 10, age 11, I was coming home to an empty house, um, preparing food for my younger sister and I, um, and pretty much have not having that the one parental figure we did have wasn't around because she was trying to um, make ends meet. Coming home to an empty house gets himself into trouble. And by the way, that uh, audio is on our website, rnz.co.nz forward slash the panel. He's now a youth worker himself. What's your, what's your take on the latest suite of uh, measures to target youth offending, Chris? I think they all seem a bit rushed. Um, you know, I will, I've always agreed with what Tony Blair said tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime and that fellow obviously coming home to an empty home uh, having to do parental jobs himself, it can't have been easier when I consider that what a very very lucky upbringing I had with a fabulous mother and so I I just uh, you know I know this is the season where people talk tough and so on but I just think we need to think through very carefully Uh, the sorts of policies uh, that are going to have an impact and are designed to last more than the two months before a general election. And it just has that hint of everything's being rushed that the government's realising after the event that law and order is a serious issue, but rushing the stuff's not clever. Moata? Yeah, I agree with Chris, actually. Uh, It it feels to me that there's an aspect of, well, people want to be made to feel better about what they perceive as um, sort of a wave of youth crime. So then politicians start saying things that they think will make people feel better. Uh, But that's not the same as actually fixing the problem. So I'd I'd like to see some measures that we know are actually effective um, rather than things that will make people go, oh, yes, yes, they're doing something. I feel better about that now. And in other ends of the spectrum, on a lighter note, a bit of response on why people don't uh, whistle anymore, uh, because it used to be a thing we heard in the 80s. No one whistles now, apparently. Uh, Anne in Christchurch said, I love whistling, Wallace, uh, and I think I'm quite good at it. But my husband told me a couple of weeks ago that no one else likes hearing it. It made me feel sad, because my dad used to whistle along to songs. I thought it was endearing. Uh, Mawata, what about you? You're working in the libraries there. Do well, people whistle? I, I mean, I work on the website of the library, so uh, there's not a lot of whistling. And I... 
as you were just talking about that, I, I was just quietly thinking to myself, I can't remember the last time I whistled. You see, exactly. It's just not a thing that people do. But in the 70s, uh, Chris Finlayson, we'd all whistle, wouldn't we? Well, I don't know that I ever whistled, but you're quite right that there aren't. You don't hear the whistling sound anymore. Probably, you know, because it would be misinterpreted and regarded as some kind of aberrant antisocial thing to do. So, yeah, everyone's struck dumb these days. You're not allowed to do anything. And what about... <laughs> and... What about Sue Bradford saying, um, bringing back to Northland uh, regional rail? What with the ongoing instability of the roads into there? Uh, you know, that, uh, that so named uh, Holiday Highway that was talked about, those, um, those signs are starting to bulge or crack. And many had fond memories of the rail to uh, Okaiho, even a song about it. So, uh, bringing back regional rail, uh, Wallace Mount Roskill Intermediate used to have a school sports exchange with Whangarei, and we all went there by rail car. Fabulous. Another one here. I, Paula says, I watched the last train arrive in uh, Okaiho in the 80s while I was enjoying my geography class. Another one here. I travelled on that rail car a number of occasions. On my last trip, people were standing in the aisle, and I counted 16 more people in the luggage compartment. A few days later, our local paper carried a news item that due to low patronage, the service was being discontinued. Do you think there's a case for more regional rail around the country, Chris, for example, your Dunedin to Mosgiels, that type of thing? Well, I'm a great choo-chooologist and I love hooning around in trains in Germany uh, and I've got a brother who coaches tennis down near Lake Constance. So you get off the train in Munich, you catch the fast train to Ulm and one of the little regional rail cars down to his town, which is called Bad Salgau. And so if we could justify it, uh, then sure, I'm all in favour of looking at it because it's a, it's a wonderful way to get around. But uh, people always say that population's the problem. But, you know, the, I used to catch the rail car up to Napier and uh, to New Plymouth, and I just think it's a great tragedy that we don't have it. But, as I say, um, uh, I am a choo-chooologist and like trains very much. I w- what, what's, what's the best rail journey you've been on around the world? Well, I remember uh, catching the train from Moscow down to Berlin, and it was still east and west Berlin there, and jumping off the train. The train stopped in Warsaw, and I was very hot, and I leapt out of the train to sort of get an ice block. And I always remember the Polish kids. I was on a Soviet train. They were doing brown eyes for the Soviets as they whizzed by. It was a fascinating trip and uh, uh, across... Poland and into East Germany in the height of summer. It was most interesting. Brown eyes for the Soviets. There's my take-home thought on the bus uh, this afternoon. Okay, I've been thinking, Moana Tamaira, what's been on your mind? Um, Well, I just uh, saw this week a clip uh, of a guy whose name uh, is Troy Hawk. He's a British comedian, but he occasionally films these clips of himself uh, standing on the side of the street in London wearing a, a purple smoking jacket and a cravat and um, giving comp- random compliments to people. And and then 
I mean, it's lovely that he gives people compliments, but they're very well crafted ones. He he's got a he's got a really uh, good skill for this. I mean, somebody you or I, Wallace, might see a man sitting down mm. who's very tanned, wearing a pair of shorts, and say, "Oh, you look very summery." Instead, he says, "You're an Ibethan sunset in human form." I mean, who doesn't love a compliment? But I don't think that yeah. we really give them, and I'm not practiced at it but I'd like I'd like to get better at it. I think it might be like a muscle and if you if you make a note to compliment people more often you probably get better at it. That's so a that's, wonderful. You know yeah. you you've got great eyebrows. You've got a great smile. That type of thing, right? Yeah. And that's maybe the base level and then once you get a bit more comfortable with it you could be more like you know, your eyebrows really frame your face like a painting. You know, Love it. <laughs> or you know, oh, the timbre of your voice is very, very soothing, but also jovial. Fantastic. Two one zero one. Give us some compliments this afternoon, Chris Mawata. Me, very good, uh, Chris Finlayson. I've been thinking. Yeah, I've been thinking about flexibility, not mental flexibility, because I am pretty inflexible, but hip flexibility. And I've been doing a lot of this sort of stuff at the gym. And one thing I commend to your listeners, Wallace, is something that my coach, who's an excellent fellow, has been teaching me, and it's called the pigeon stretch. And uh, just at the end of the session, when I'm exhausted, he um, gets me doing the pigeon stretch. So people people should Google it. I won't go into the technical details. But it really is good for hip mobility and also for hamstring and spine flexibility. So there's a little positive thought there. I love it. Because so many of us are seated all the time, and hip flexibility, as you get older, as indeed I am, Wallace, is something that one should always regard as a serious issue. Chris Finlayson, can I ask you a question, please, this afternoon? Sure. Um, uh, Can you sit on the floor and stand up without using your hands? Uh, Have a go during the news hour. Uh, yeah, I think I can. Yeah I, think, yeah. yeah, I can. Well, I can't, and many people can't. We were, it's very, very difficult to do, and it comes back to that flexibility. Oh, flexibility's key. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Moata Tamaida, Chris Finlayson with me, uh, and a lot of responses about cooking classes, microwave. Uh, Rosalind says, I attended the microwave cooking class in 1985, and I'm still using the microwave that we bought then. The panel. <laughs> 